You are right up Main Street. Oh, you can't make me choose. I go by Toyota. Sponsors T4. Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13. I remember we couldn't remember the word for table. This is your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're welcome. welcome. Hi, babes. Hiya. You're back. She's I'm back. back. I'm back. I'm back with a, a huskalusk of a voice. Don't oh, know if you can hear that. Lovely. Picked up a wee cold when I was uh, tending to the Your Welcome America servers in international waters. Tell you what, it's quite blustery and stormy out in the middle of that ocean. <laughs> well, actually, we are calling this, because you were, spoiler alert, in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So we are calling this the Haggis variant that you've brought back to the US. I have got the Haggis variant. <laughs> Just for full disclosure, I've been tested for COVID multiple times <laughs> uh, to get in and out of the country. So I definitely do not have that. Just turns out I went to Glasgow and uh, it was really wet and I got a cold. Yeah. And I'm back in LA and it's boiling hot in August and I have a cold. Fair enough. Yeah, I feel strange. How are you, babes? I'm fantastic. I've got a little visual treat for you. <gasps> so this feels very perfect for us on the podcast. So my mom is currently helping my grandma to move out of her house. So she's been going through all of her possessions and she mm. found a little summon summon, which is such a UK thing. And I'm hoping it's something you did in Scotland and okay. not just something I did. I'm going to send you a quick image to your phone. I want you just to just to check it. Okay, so I've just texted it to you, a little image that my mum sent me. Oh my me. god. Okay, do you want to describe yeah. to the listeners what you're looking at? So this is very much a tea towel. <laughs> and what has happened is at, I'm, now I'm just reading it, All Saints School, 1992, everyone drew like a cartoon self-portrait. Yeah. And then this was printed onto the tea towel. It's very strange you're bringing this up because <laughs> when I was back in Scotland, I also found the old tea towel. Oh, so you did it too. Uh, yeah, I did it too, but I forgot to bring the, yeah. the photo. It's a, this is a very UK tradition. So yeah, like you said, everyone everyone in primary school in the UK, you draw a little self-portrait and then it all gets printed together onto a tea towel that you buy. So you have all these strange children's drawings of like each other like that they've drew of themselves. Can you find me on there? Just also for our American listeners, a tea towel. Uh, dish, we... Dishcloth? Dishcloth, yeah. yeah. Right, I'm looking Can you for find Fraser. Me on there? Okay, I'm zooming in. There's Bianca. I will say, I don't want to dox anyone by revealing their full information, but if you find a very troubling person called David Pascoe, I am next to him. <laughs> oh, there you are, Fraser York. <laughs> no. Okay. I have, <laughs> um... I have a few things to say about my self-portrait, and I'm going to say them myself so you don't get into trouble. Thank you. I don't know what I was inspired by, but I think I've drawn myself... As a person of color, I think I've drawn myself and I look like a gollywog. I think I've drawn myself as a gollywog as a I... child, which is really troubling. <laughs> I have nothing to say on that matter other than should we explain to our American listeners what a gollywog is? Um, it's just like a racist depiction of a black person a that people used to have as a doll yeah. when they were younger. It's a very problematic thing in the g- UK. I was going to say Google it, but don't Google it. Yeah, but I seem to have drawn myself as a gollywog. <laughs> I mean, your hair is there. Your hair is <laughs> that's actually, there. That's actually a very good depiction of what my hair looked like as a child. Like, I did used to have that kind of structure. Um, and yeah, just some really troubling pictures of other people around me. I don't know if you can just spot below me, Jeremy. I know we're in our school uniforms, but hey, Jeremy seems to have drawn himself fully going to work as a businessman. Oh, yeah. And then to the left of Jeremy, Hugh... I think he, wait a minute, and Hugh, above David Pascoe as well. Yeah. Hugh and David Pascoe, were they a few years behind? I'm not sure. Hugh seems to have drawn himself as a Freddy Krueger-like character. Yes. Or an Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. <laughs> so I I wish I'd taken a picture of my tea towel. I had one, I think we had a couple, but there was one where I had the good idea of we would do each other's pictures Great. rather than draw your own. And the, the one that someone drew of me, Ewan, who we called Iban, he drew a picture of me where I've got a big quiff, translation pompadour, and I've got giant stars in my eyes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Where do I live? Where do I live? You live in the fucking Hollywood, the city of dreams and city stars. City of angels. Got those stars in my eyes to this very day. You're my starry-eyed surprise. Remember that song? Yeah, I'm You're sure I remember it. my starry-eyed surprise. Wait a minute, we're not talking about butterfly. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. You're my, sh- you're my d- 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 sugar, sugar baby. baby. No, there was definitely Starry-Eyed Surprise. Was that their follow-up oh, single? Oh, my. Nah. Starry-Eyed Surprise. Okay, I need to look it up. 
Okay, yes, Starry-Eyed Surprise. It was the guy from Crazy Town, but with Paul Oakenfold. We've just looked it up and listened to it. Shifty Shellshock, who I totally fancied as a kid. <laughs> so, obviously, you, you had a little trip back to back to Scotland, which we're going to kind of get into more in your topic, right? We are going to get into that, but I do have something to tell you. Okay. I've got an update on Egyptian grandma. Oh, <laughs> an update? An update. Is she... Back with us. First of all... <laughs> she risen from the sarcophagus. What's first happening? First of all, please, for this update, if you could just maybe insert a clip from The Mummy. I am proud of what I am. I am a librarian. So the update on Egyptian grandma, first of all, still dead. She's still dead. She's not come back to, to take us all down, Imhotep no. style. But... I, when I was back in Scotland, I saw my uncle and uh, he told me a fact about Egyptian grandma. Okay. Never guess where she was married. The River Nile. Egyptian grandma was married at Norwich Cathedral. <gasps> is that not weird? Just connecting my life with your life. Wow. Norwich Cathedral is gorgeous. Well, it was it was wartime. So it was, I think it was just like a a quick Norwich Cathedral, and then they're outside in their uniforms having a photograph taken. Wow. Norwich Cathedral is amazing. So even if it was quick, that's like a beautiful thing. Yeah. Wow. But weird connection. Wow, that is strange. Yeah. Also, found another fun fact. Mother and father of Egyptian grandma. Now, this isn't completely confirmed, but it sounds like they were linguists and also maybe spies. <laughs> Okay, before we properly get into the episode, we should say, because we've not been here for a while, I'm yeah. Ben. I'm Fraser. Fraser like Razor. We, as we do in every episode, we are going to discuss an American topic and a British topic, and we'll work out the US or UK equivalents. That's just what we do. But before we do that, shall we get into some feedback? Absolutely. Cue Janet. <laughs> Right, feedback-wise, as ever, do get in touch on Instagram, on Twitter, via email. What's the email address? You're welcome, America Podcast at gmail.com. And that's you are the letters you are instead of why you are. Thank We'd you. We'd love to hear from you what you got, babes. So I actually have a number of emails today. <gasps> so uh, Paige Gafer got in touch with us on the email. And she said, hello, just a quick email to let you know my initial confusion over your last podcast title. The two topics were Cheryl Cole and the Magic Castle. And she said, I didn't know why you were doing two UK topics. And she said it's because she thought we were going to talk about the Magical Castle, which is the name of a kid's play area near where she grew up. <laughs> quite, quite niche. Yeah, or, she, or as American would say, niche. And then she said, P.S. The Magic Castle sounds quite cool as I'm a fan of magic shows. Well, let me tell you something, Paige. If you're a fan, <laughs> of, if you're a fan of magic shows, take yourself somewhere else because it ain't great. <laughs> I've got a little Instagram here. Someone's got in touch with me directly on my personal Instagram. Oh, God. It is Thomas George Wilburn. He says, your podcast is iconic. Brings me so much joy. Oh, great. I know. And then he just said, I'm going to be in LA in August. Let's grab a coffee. That, my friends, is networking. Wowzers. Mm-hmm. Might be hearing from him. Uh, I have a rebuttal uh, to an email that Jason Mitchell has sent us. Uh-oh. And um, he actually sent us the performance of Cheryl on Stand Up to Cancer when her vocals cut out. And I just want to let Jason know we did cover it, but unfortunately, it got slashed in the edit. Yeah. It, it hit the cutting room floor. There was too much to talk about with Cheryl, and I had to let it go. But it is an iconic performance of Cheryl's for the wrong reasons. Yeah, we, we also as huge Cheryl fans want to support her. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> and not dwell on that huffy, wheezy performance. Just to fill everyone in, um, her mic failed during a live stand-up to cancer. No, the backing track with the vo- pre-recorded vocals failed in a live stand-up to cancer show. And so she just sounded like this. <laughs> oh, we also just had a bit of some some feedback uh, it actually came in recently but it's someone's been going back through our archives lovely so julie o'donnell she said uh clearly the new pod is hilarious you're so funny and engaging that's a direct compliment to me for the pussycat dolls episode that i did by myself oh thank you julie oh not the only reason this is getting read but it is quite a large part of it and then she said for some reason i wanted to know what the manager lady from totally scott lee was up to now and uh she sent me um nicola's linkedin <gasps> so do you want to find out what she's doing Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13. Okay, so so Roseanne McBride, yes. um, she's looking really good in her profile picture. She's got a fun, fun new blonde do. 
a funky frame. Oh, yeah. And some fun eye makeup. Now, just a reminder, Roseanne, who we referred to as Nicola, <laughs> all the way throughout the show until like the final episode where it was revealed her name was Roseanne. She's uh, currently the Senior Executive Support Manager at the City of uh, University City University London. So she's moved away from music because she's now in the uh, education field. Well, she's educating people about music. Uh, speaking of educating people about music, we do have our spin-off series at the moment. What's it called again? And I'm asking you just because we really ummed and about the title. Mm. Of this You're okay. Welcome America Presents. So it's called You're Welcome America Presents Search for the Next Pussycat Doll, which is actually not the correct title of the TV show, which is The Pussycat Dolls Presents Search for the Next Doll. But what we couldn't have was You're Welcome America Presents The Pussycat Dolls Presents Search for the Next Doll. Got it. Cool. <laughs> I 100% fold every word that you just said. We have that spin off show going at the moment. You're getting episodes every week. Fraser did episode one by himself because I was dealing with the server in international waters. <laughs> Podcast Nemesis Michael came in for episode two. Don't worry. He's not coming back. Oh. I'm going to be in episode Ooh. three and I'm not going to do any any advanced... Uh, I'm not going to look at episode one or two. I think you're going to be fine. Am I going to be fine? <laughs> I think you're going to pick it up. Okay, cool. Shall we get into the episode? Yes. And we are back. Uh, before I get into our topics and explaining... Just a little disclaimer, I've had to turn my air conditioning on, so if it does sound like we're recording this kind of underneath a jet engine blasting at us, I'm really sorry, but it just was too hot. It was an untenable situation, and we live in Los Angeles, so sorry about it. Yeah, we're only like eight minutes in, and I was drinking cold brew, and I was just... The temperature is was, rising. Yeah, I was wilting. So if you know, if anyone wants to, you know, give us some money, we can go to a professional studio. We'd love to. Anyway, so in every episode we have a British topic and an American topic, and we will discuss it and work out the equivalent. So Ben is up first with the UK topic. What do you got for me, babes? Shocker. Well, you know <laughs> what I've got for you. Oh yeah. I've been home. I've been to Scotland. I've been to Glasgow. So my topic today is. The city of Glasgow. Ooh. Thoughts on Glasgow quickly at the top? Uh, it's a city I've never been to. Understood. Understood. <laughs> you know, I don't cross my little toesies over that Hadrian's Wall. Not interested. Refuse. Refuse I'm to. not going to. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be educating you today. Just Please some do. Some basic facts. The greater Glasgow area has a population of a million. There's a river that goes through it called the River Clyde. Also, there's a radio station, Clyde One FM. And the river had lots of industry on it. Uh, including shipbuilding. It's the biggest city in Scotland, but it's not the capital of Scotland. That's Edinburgh. Or we... Edinburgh, if you're from the US. Edinburgh. We won't get into that. Edinburgh. Yet. Sometimes they call it Edinburgh, don't they? Yeah, Edinburgh. They and it's always like in Glasgow. Glasgow. And recently, some fun facts about Glasgow. A lot of movies are being shot there at the moment. Yes. Including The Flash, Batman, and Indiana Jones. Yes. I've definitely seen... Harrison Ford knocking around the streets of Glasgow, which is a very strange thought. Imagine mm. just seeing Harrison Ford. In fact, I think I saw a girl on Twitter who had posted that she was really drunk on wine and she had a picture of her like, it was like Harrison Ford almost next to her being like, because she was really drunk. And then it, she'd said she'd woken up in the morning and she's like, oh my God, I think I accosted Harrison Ford last night. It's very funny. I would love to just see Harrison Ford just dealing with a real Glaswegian Oof. because I should say, if you're from Glasgow, you're a Glaswegian yeah. or you're a Ouija. Oh, a Ouija. It's kind of like... Ouija. Ouija. All right, you got your Ouija pal. Anyway, (laughs) general vibe of Glasgow. So Edinburgh is the capital. Yeah. It's a bit posher. It's a bit up itself. People in Edinburgh always say the best thing to come out of Glasgow is the road to Edinburgh. Fuck them. Wow. Glasgow's a little more rough and ready and I think a lot more fun. Surprising it, you're not from Edinburgh then. I know, it is weird, isn't it? <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> it is straight. I'll, I'll give you that. Feels like you should be from Edinburgh and I should be from Glasgow. Turns like, turns out <laughs> I'm actually a man of the people. Wow. And I'm actually, you know, This Glasgow. is what's happening on this episode. Okay, yeah. she's Tables getting it turned. back. <laughs> um, now, before we get into it, famous Glaswegians. Of yes, course, please. we've got Lawrence Cheney. We've got Billy Connolly. We've got Lulu. What about Darius Dinesh? Where's he from? Yes. Is he from because, Glasgow? No, I'm going to I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the perfect <laughs> thing about Darius Darius Dinesh. His brother actually went to my school. <laughs> right. So it would always be like, "Oh, well, you know that's Darius's brother." Yeah, no, I knew him at school. He was a few years older. What's his name? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> Daniel Daniel Dinesh. I cannot remember his name. His brother went to my school. Now, before we properly get into it, do you know what, babes? 
I'm going to have to get a COVID test. I'm going to have to get my little paper vaccine card. Yep. And I'm going to hop on a plane to get to Glasgow. Oof. What did I do in that plane? I watched some movies. Okay, okay. Um, how many did you watch? I watched three movies. Three movies on the way there. No movies on the way back because I'd watched the, the good ones already. Okay, okay. Am I going to be able to guess them? One of the movies stars Kylie Minogue. Oh, um, oh, uh, um, uh, you watched San Andreas. Correct. <laughs> so what a what a difficult. I would not be able to watch that on a plane. There's too much. Um, there's too much peril. But it's so CGI that it's like my mind's <laughs> not even tricked into feeling right. like anxious or anything. Now that movie, strangely, we've talked about so much because of the Kylie Minogue scene, which yep. I've watched before. And then when we went on a staycation the other week, we watched half the movie. Yes. While we're <laughs> that's what I was just thinking. Situation. I was thinking I just seen San Andreas and it was with you. Yeah, but we didn't watch the whole thing. Right. So I basically finally watched just to piece together the Kylie scene and the stuff that we'd watched. Right, right, I right. I watched that. I also watched a movie by Nancy Myers. Can you guess what it is? Something I've never seen before. Uh, it's complicated. The Intern. Oh, <laughs> right. The one with is that the one with Robert De Niro and yes. Anne Hathaway? Yes. How was that? It looks. It looked ghastly. It was. It was fine. I don't know if the whole story had any points. It didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> I don't think Nancy Myers ever really has to have a point. I think it's always just like, isn't this nice? Yeah. I think that's the point. Like, oh, have a nice cup of tea and get cozy mm. with Nancy. Mm. And then finally, I watched the Great Gatsby movie. Oh, Jesus. I've yeah. never, my eyes have never befallen on that, that piece of celluloid. Well, I got confused because I kept thinking it was the picture of Dorian Gray. So in my head, I was like... <laughs> When's it going to be that portrait of Leonardo DiCaprio? Where is it? They haven't brought that out yet. Why did you think it was the portrait of Dorian Gray? Because it's both Oscar Wilde, isn't it? The Great Gatsby's not by Oscar Wilde. I can't remember who it's by, but I know it's not Oscar Wilde. Oh, wait, Wilde. it's F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah. Same, same. <laughs> so you were really confused. I was really confused. <laughs> Especially the picture of Dorian Gray set in like the Victorian era. And <laughs> that's still oh, the, yeah. the, the wrong... Great Gatsby's in like the 20s with Fergie <laughs> singing that song. So that movie was as good as I thought it was. Oh, God. Oh, God. Didn't so... that have a, didn't that have like, wasn't, wasn't every song in that like a, a 20s version of a pop song? Wasn't like, didn't, oh yes. And Beyonce did Crazy in Love, yeah, but like a jazzy version. Because Jay-Z was like the executive producer or something. Oof, my goof. Do you remember the Fergie song? Um, no, what was it? A little party never hurt nobody. Oh my God, was she in it? She wasn't. Again, <laughs> no picture of Dorian Gray and no Fergie. Well, so back, back we, then there was such a thirst for Fergie. Honestly, two thir for one. <laughs> thirst for Fergie. That thirst sounds like, Fergie. I don't know, is that our band name? Sure. <laughs> and we just do covers of Fergie songs. One of us is dressed as Fergie, another one is dressed <laughs> as Sarah Ferguson. Sarah Ferguson. <laughs> thirst for Fergie. <laughs> oh, I've got, what if I a Halloween costume where Sarah Ferguson dresses Fergie? Wait that a is... minute, wait a minute. Those two people are the epitome of what this podcast is about. <laughs> they really are. They are the You're Welcome America. They're like our, our symbols, our, our our motif. So you're saying that when we do the live show and we sing, I know him so well, standing back to back, one of <laughs> us is going to be Sarah Ferguson, one of us is going to be Fergie. 100%. Okay, fine. Back to Glasgow. <laughs> I landed there. I'm going to get into some very specific subcategories, I would say. But before we do that, one thing we've got to say about Glasgow is everyone is so nice. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. Like when I was returning, I had to do another COVID test. I, I, I sat down, had a wee chat with the man <laughs> and he was like, oh, do you know what, where are you going? It's like, oh, Los Angeles. Oh, you, you, do you live there? I like, I do. He's like, do you know what? Me and my wife, we once won a competition to go to Los Angeles. We gave it to my daughter. And I was like, <laughs> that's so nice of you. It's a lot of that going Right, on. right. But on the flip side, it's the UK. So customer service doesn't exist. Of course not. So I went into a florist <laughs> Yep. to get a bunch of flowers for my friend because I was having dinner with her. And it was about 5 p.m. I go in and there's florist, flowers everywhere. <laughs> Just Google image search florist, florist, that's it. I go in and I'm like, oh, hi, I want to get some flowers for my friend. And the lady said, well, I mean, we are closing, so I, I, I don't know. And I was like, I'm so confused. The shop is open. There are flowers everywhere. Can you not just make me? She was like, I suppose I could make you. I'm like, do you want me to buy flowers or not? <laughs> like, it's very strange, like, very reluctant, like, sale. But. Yeah, she's like, ugh, really? So I, I suppose, like, I mean, we are closing, but I suppose, I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much for doing me a favor, <laughs> doing me the favor of letting me buy some flowers from your shop. So there's a lot of that going on. Right. Um, so you burnt her shop to the ground, right? 
I did. I bought the flowers yeah, and then torched I brought the it. shop, yeah. torched it 100%. Perfect. But it rains all the time in Glasgow, so it got extinguished. <laughs> I should say it did rain every single day I was there. I did send you a video, didn't I? Oh, that video was so nice. Ben sent me a video of him sitting in the car um, waiting for the rain to stop. And it was the the most UK, like it was, it actually felt like my childhood. It was the sound mm. of rain in a car with the windscreen wi- windshield wipers mm. going. And I was just like, oh, yeah. And I was worried that you didn't have a coat, but you took your coat with you, didn't you? Well, I didn't have a coat, but I had a, like a layer, my a, metallic silver layer, not even a puffer. Oh. Because this is the thing, it was never actually cold. Right. But I had that silver like waterproof layer. A waterproof layer. So <laughs> a, a, some, a waterproof layer that I bought for $10, I've only worn in LA twice. Once when I dressed up as J-Lo. Yeah. And another time when it was merely spitting with rain. Yeah. I thought, oh, I'm going to put that on. First full day I was there, drove out to my dad's. Went to see my guy. Fraser. Great name. Great name. Stopped off at Marks and Spencer's. <sighs> okay. I'm going to send you three pictures. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. From Marks and Spencer's. And I just want you to describe them to the listeners. Okay. So first picture is two pounds uh, is what this costs. And that is the Percy Pig dessert sauce is what it's called. Yeah. Raspberry dessert a, sauce. Oh, it's, it's raspberry. It's a, oh, no, no, no. It's, that's not raspberry. That's the, if you look, that's the price tag for the thing next to it. Oh. This is just Percy Pig dessert sauce. It's just, just pink. pink. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a squeezed pig. A pig, pig flavor. So that's pig flavored uh, dessert sauce. So this, that looks vile. Do you not think it looks like the ooze in Ghostbusters 2? It, it really does. Uh, the next thing I'm seeing are Percy Pig mini bites. So let me just look at the description here. Percy Pig flavored mini bites with marshmallow and fruity jelly pieces. Oh. So it's like a rocky road, but with marshmallow and and Percy pigs in it. That's a no from me. I'm and I think the third one's really gonna irk you. Ooh. Percy pig, fruity flavored cake jar. So this is a this is supposed to be a jar which is filled with pieces of cake, Percy pig sweets, and icing. It's like a deconstructed cake shoved in a jar. Ugh, it's just... like if you had all the remnants of a cake and you just shoved it in a jar. Yeah. How how are you meant to eat that? I mean, you've got to have a fork for that. That's got to be forked. With ice cream, maybe? Yeah. Well, yeah, you could have that with ice cream, and then you could put the Percy Pig dessert sauce on top of the whole thing. Mm. Really get that, like, artificial pig flavor. And I'm sure there's, like, a, a probably, like, a Percy Pig drink, like a fizzy, a fizzy piggy drink. I'm not into the Percy Pig world and the branding. You know that. I know you're not. But, but do you like those fizzy say... tails, actually, though? I will, I will say I like the Percy Ooh. Pig fizzy tails. Suffice to say, the Percy Pig empire, booming. Oh, of course. One day I went to a museum with my dad. Slim pickings at the museum cafe. So I had <laughs> coronation chicken. Oh. <sighs> that, mm. I, would, I would actually go as far to say that coronation chicken might be the food of my actual nightmares. Yeah. Can, you, can you describe it to our American listeners? Now, I believe coronation chicken is uh, cooked chicken in a mayonnaise and curry flavored sauce. But there's something else just bobbing around in that what? mix. Isn't it like sultanas or raisins? Yes, there are salt. Oh, oh. Imagine if you mix sultanas, raisins, curry sauce, and chicken together. You got yourself a coronation chicken. But I was in, and, and it was made, the, the recipe was created for the Queen's coronation. coronation. Yes. Other things I ate while I was there, was a lot of soup and sandwiches going on. You know, it's, it's like a drizzly, really rainy day. Yeah. We're just going to pop in there, get a soup and a sandwich. Did you go to a prep? Went to prep. <laughs> okay. Smoked salmon sandwich. Yep. Of course, had to do it. Similar vein, went to a Cafe Nero, went to a Costa. Oh, lovely. You really, really did it. You really hit all the big chains. Mm, I know you're not a huge <laughs> coffee drinker, but out of those, where would you get your coffee from? Mm, probably Cafe Nero. Now, why? Because um, it's kind of stronger, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's stronger. I always think it's Italian. Yeah. Probably not. Also, crucially, <laughs> loyalty card. Yes. Oh, you've got to get your loyalty card. Yeah. yeah, I feel like Cafe Nero is probably owned by like McDonald's or something. Probably. <laughs> Other things I ate in Scotland, a fish pie, homemade. Lovely. Would you like that, though? Of course not. Didn't think so. Uh, <laughs> a caramel tonics wafer, very Scottish. Yes. Do you like those? I do, but I don't, because I used to work in a cafe at a zoo, and I had unlimited access to tonics tea cakes and those caramel things, right. and I really went for it. And now the, the mere thought of a tonics tea cake especially, mm. Vomsville. Yeah. But suffice to say, food in Scotland is a big deal. Right. We had a wonderful fish and chips one night. Oh. It was phenomenal. Not as big as I remembered, but it was great. Oh, God. Um, it's been so long since I had fish and chip fish and chip chips. That's really like, I chips. really want those chips. Like oh. salt and vinegar. Oh. 
There's also a large Italian community in Glasgow. We went out for pizza one day. It was maybe some of the best pizza I have ever eaten in my life. Wow, a bold claim. We followed it by going to the latest sensation in Glasgow, which is a little cafe called Loop and Scoop. How do you feel about that name? <laughs> Very good for your accent. That double O. Loop and Scoop. Loop and Scoop. Okay, let me tell you about this. Loop and Scoop is where you go, <laughs> you get a loop of churros, and you oh. get a scoop of ice cream. Okay. Lines around the block. Oh, well, I can imagine. There are two of them, and I tell you, every time I drove past, lines down the street. What loop did you have and what scoop did you have? Well, I don't love a churros. Yeah. So, I've been ruined by Spain, because, you know... Of course, of course. It's like me and paella. Can't have it outside of Spain. Well, why would you? You wouldn't. Imposter. Have it in the beach. (laughs) Oh, Um, paella on the beach. (laughs) What do you mean paella? Of course. That hot sun baking down you while you eat a piece of seafood. it's It's the evening. We've had a lovely day in the beach in Spain. We've like had a gin and tonic back at the the villa. We're all a bit slightly pink. Right. We've got lots of gorgeous pink, like pink like that prawn in the paella. Exactly. We've got like <laughs> aloe vera on us, and then we toddle down to the beach restaurant. Beach it's restaurant. The evening, right, right, and right. And we have like a paella, and you watch the, the the fishing people, and they're all doing that and everything. <laughs> yeah, I just the way you'd worded it, I was picturing the midday sun beating down on yeah. you while you ate hot rice and fish mm, <laughs> on the beach. Something crunchy, but that's just the sand. No, no, it's grit from the oysters. It's fine mm. <laughs> so i didn't have any churros but i did have a scoop of raspberry ripple ice cream oh how do you feel about raspberry ripple? I, uh, we've i think in our personal life have discussed how much i love raspberry ripple raspberry ripple not a flavor you see in the states ever oh no 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 it's too subtle too subtle. it's too it's maybe i was going to say maybe it's too sweet no it's too subtle mm. theirs would be called like berry blast, berry and, it, blast. and it would be like just just berries blasting in your face out of the mm. container yeah, raspberry ripple, like just a lovely, maybe like a vanilla with like ripples of raspberry it's sauce. It's marbled it. into it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're just eating and then you, you hit a little kind of vein of raspberry. You're like, ooh, mm-hmm. It's funny you say that. I've definitely been in like West Elm and seen a coffee table with like a marble surface and thought to myself, that looks like raspberry ripple. <laughs> oh, I'd love to get like a raspberry ripple coffee table. Oh, lovely. Gorgeous. I'd like to know, while you were kind of out and about, you know, in the shops, on the streets, in the restaurants... Uh, who, did, who, who was the most Scottish person you overheard or met? Because the reason I asked that question is because where I'm from, the county of Norfolk, city of Norwich, it's a very distinct accent. And every time I go home, I love to hear the most Norfolk person. And the last time I went home, I was in a kebab shop, which mm-hmm. is where people buy kebabs after a night out. Yep. And this girl, she literally said, I want to have a kebab. And that's like literally in our, do you want to have a kebab? And she's still the most Norfolk person I've heard recently. Do you know, I can't think about this trip, but on a previous trip home, we went to a very famous fish and chip shop, a chippy, in Anstruther, which is like a little fishing place. Mm-hmm. And it is like, it's, I mean, it's properly famous, this fish and chip shop. It's right. fantastic. And we go there and we're sitting down and you could either order the, the fish, either breadcrumbs or batter. Right. And so we said to her, what do you think's better? Which should we get? And the lady just said, oh, it's better with batter. We're like, perfect. (laughs) Better batter. Oh, also, when I was ordering fish and chips, I was picking it up for my friends. And one of my friends said, um, oh, can you just send me on WhatsApp? Of course it was WhatsApp. Can you also order order a pickle? And I was like, oh, okay. So I thought like in the States, like a pickled, what what is it in the States? It's like a gherkin? No. No. What do we call it in the States? A pickle. A pickle. Yeah. That's why I was so confused It's about. a gherkin back at home and a pickle, pickle here. here. So I just said to them when I was ordering, I was like, oh, and a pickle. And I thought a pickle was going to come. And then I get home and unpack the bag. One pickled onion oh. wrapped up in a bag. And I was like, why didn't you ask me to order like pickled onions? Yeah. A few pickled onions. No. And I just said, a pickle? One pickled onion little bag. Well, I hate pickled onions so pickled much. Onions. Do you know what pickled onions are good with? Shepherd's pie. Ooh. Okay. That does sound kind of good. Yeah. What would you have with a shepherd's pie? Would you have anything on the side? Ketchup. Oh, ketchup. I love a pea in the side. Oh, yeah. You've got to have peas with, it, with yeah. a shepherd's pie. Yeah. I don't want peas throughout it. I want, like, peas in the side. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, okay. While I was back, I saw my dad. Yep. And he asked me to clear out a closet in the spare room. Okay. There's a lot of shit just, you know, lying around in that closet. Okay. So I got rid of a lot of it, but I kept few other key items i'm just now going to send you <laughs> no. pictures i think there's a video as well wow. of some of the things that i kept <laughs> okay sorry there was a video that confused me okay so first thing i'm seeing is 
a Sky magazine from 1990, from January 1998, no, January 1999, and it has Victoria Beckham on the cover, and it says Posh Spice because she's worth it. <laughs> what? Um, wow, I need to just read through some of the... Um, okay, so the headline of this Sky magazine, it says, 1998 Remixed, the year's heroes, zeros, blaggers, and boozers. And the list simply just reads these people. Cameron Diaz, Robbie, All Saints, Michael Owen, Billy, Chris Evans, Jim Carrey, Jennifer Lopez, Zoe Ball, Denise. <laughs> Denise, who's Denise? <laughs> Richard Bacon, Catatonia's uh, Keris, Chris Moyles, Fatboy Slim, Lockstocks, Nick Moran, Paul Whitehouse, Martin McCutcheon, South Park's chef. Oh I mean, my God, I remember people were obsessed with South Park's chef. I love seeing Martin McCutcheon in the same list as Cameron Diaz. That makes me really happy. Also, I love Catatonia's Keris. I-, I feel like she could have just been Keris, Keris Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. Who's Denise? Is that Denise Van Outen or Denise Richards? We'll never know. Is it both? <laughs> Exclu- it's just simply Denise. And underneath this is exclusive interviews, frisky photos. Wow. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, my God. Oh, Deck the halls with bowels of sex. Fantasies in the flesh. Shag Tetris. Bournemouth Bonkathon. Bonk-a-thon. <laughs> oh, we need to explain to US listeners, bonk is like... Is like sex. Yes, isn't euphemism it? for sex. Oh yeah, bonked her. I forgot Sky Magazine. So Sky Magazine was meant to be kind of a racy, a racy mag, wasn't mm, it? Yeah. Next thing we have is the uh, the OK Magazines. Oh my God, it's Ben. It's a <laughs> it's a video of Ben throwing down three separate OK Magazines uh, devoted to David and Victoria's wedding. Yes. Um, which is quite something. Kept all three. Gorgeous. And then finally, we have a signed bed showing off a signed copy of Jerry Halliwell's autobiography, if only. Fun fact. Where so did you get that sign? Met her in person. Wow. She, had like, she had like a press conference in Glasgow and a signing. And she was going through that stage of kind of just wearing all black mm-hmm. and, you know, being as like, you know, demure and simple as possible. And I remember lining up to get the book signed and you weren't, everyone's like, just move along quickly, um, blah, 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 blah. And you weren't allowed to ask for her to write your name. But I was like, fuck this. I'm meeting, you know, when am I going yeah, to meet Jerry again? So I was like, can you, Jerry, can you please write to Ben? And she did it for me. It's lucky you've got a good name, though. That's like Easy. Ben, B-E-N, done. She can do that quick. Exactly. I, I'd be there all day. So I did throw out some, like, family treasures, but I did keep those <laughs> things. Did you I bring them back with you? No, I didn't. <laughs> you should have done, you fool. Imagine how nice they'd be if you could frame them. You could uplight those those um, OK Magazine covers and, like, uplight them. Oh. And you could have a motion sensor so that every time you pass them, uh, beginning of Not Such an Innocent Girl would start. Had a lovely trip. Great. I was in the West End of Glasgow, gorgeous Victorian buildings. I was out in the countryside, lush greenery. I went up north to a fishing village where my aunt and oh, uncle live. Lovely. Seagulls, I heard them. And I also <laughs> went to the centre of Glasgow. And I'm going to okay. send you some pics of a few select just places that I saw. Um, I feel like I haven't seen a high street for a long time. These are some real high street pics I've got going on here. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, the first picture I'm going to describe, uh, it's a pavement you know, covered in rain, um, and it's a scribbler. Now, can you, can you, Gorgeous. Can okay. you explain to our listeners so, our, our, our relationship <laughs> with Scribbler? Well, to US listeners, Scribbler is a uh, greetings card uh, store, as they say. But basically, <laughs> Ben and I for some reason, uh, would always arrange to meet outside of the Scribbler in Soho, and it became our place. And we always, <laughs> I feel like we always just have to meet there because you always had to go in and buy a card for someone. So it was always like, I'll meet you at Scribbler in Soho. And it was like, oh, I'd go in, and Ben was just flicking through the racks trying to find like a fun anniversary card for someone or something. Oh, wow. Next up we have, again, it's, a, it's kind of a city center pavement in the rain. It's Fat Face. Now, Fat Face, fifty percent off sale. Fat Face is a store. Is I, I've never really considered how what like what is the theme of Fat Face? What I, is it? Isn't it like a surf shop? Fat Face. Like it used to be sailing. like it was like sailing. It's anything nautical. Um, mm. And I would say the woman coming out of Fat Face seems like she was not a Fat Face customer. Why? Like why was it called Fat Face? I don't know. It's, it's like not even fat with a ph. It's like the um, the chain here, Fat Burger. Yeah. And like I don't want to shop. Or eat somewhere called Fat? <laughs> no. We have a lovely picture of a top shop, which I think is no longer actually a top shop. Is that like the faded sign of an old top shop? It is. R.I.P. 
Um, then we have, oh, this is a video, Ben, panning down from a Kath Kidson display. Oh, it's closed. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That was just some good, some good news one day when I realized that the Kath Kidson shop had closed. <laughs> really? You don't want to buy any kind of checkered tea towels from mm, Kath Kidson? Lovely. Maybe like a kind of like a, a, a shiny tablecloth with like pig details or a something wipe, on a it. A wipe clean. It's like a wipe clean kind of checkered, red and white checkered tablecloth is what oh, you buy from Kath nice. Kidson, isn't it? Or an apron. I also stumbled across a few different restaurants as well, and I'm going to read them to you in uh, a Glaswegian accent. Perfect. Hip. There it was, an Italian called Andiamo. That's <laughs> Andiamo. Amaroni Pizzeria Ristorante. <laughs> That's Amaroni Pizzeria Ristorante. <laughs> and then, I tell you what, Mexico, there's a taste of it in Glasgow, at Uh-oh. Taco Mazama. <laughs> That's Taco Mazama. Mexican street food. Is it? I don't trust Mexican food that's traveled all the way over that well, over know, that ocean. I you really know my don't. feelings about Oaxaca. <laughs> yeah, I really. Oh. I don't trust Mexico being represented authentically in the UK at all. A hundred percent, no. <laughs> that was my trip to Glasgow. Lovely. That was my first time back in two years Wowzers. in Scotland. It was interesting being back because I think because I haven't been able to go, it felt so. It felt so different to me. Yeah. I don't know, it just felt really... And the fact it was raining every day and everything is so green, which is such a sharp contrast. I was about to say, it's such a, like a... I feel like like I'm like your auntie asking this question, but it's like, was it really lush in comparison? Because we're so used to the arid landscape that we live in in LA. The arid (laughs) landscape that we live in. When you're landing in Glasgow, you're like, am I landing in uh, a rainforest jungle? (laughs) Because everything is so lush and green. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was absolutely lovely being back. I'm so glad I went. And full disclosure, I could go because I'm fully vaccinated. Do get yourselves vaccinated. (laughs) I did all the COVID testing and everything. So it's all legit. But that was, yeah, my first visit in two years. Wow. So it begs the question, Mm -hmm. what is the US equivalent of Glasgow? Okay. Now, you've never been to Glasgow, but from everything I've described to you, any thoughts? Well, there's that kind of like a... This might be a little harsh. Uh-oh. And I'm concerned that this is not going to be... Are you going to say Detroit? I was going to say Detroit, yeah. I knew you were going there. Just because Detroit has that kind of industrial flavor mm. of Glasgow, it also has the kind of tough kind of economy since that industry left yeah but then i also think that detroit has, has had like a real kind of revival and there's some like really gorgeous parts of detroit so okay. that's pretty fair yeah i was going with chicago okay but i've never been to chicago <laughs> and i've never been to detroit or glasgow. or glasgow i was thinking chicago for a minute but then i thought everything i've heard about chicago is it sounds really nice but i don't know if there's enough kind of weird personality that Glasgow, right. like Glasgow's a very specific sense of humor yeah. and accent and personality I think Chicago sounds lovely but might be too bland right I don't know but then I worked it out okay okay so as we said at the top Glasgow lots of movies are being filmed there including a little movie called World War Z Okay. That's right, a zombie apocalypse movie. Where are we going to film it? Oh, just film it in Glasgow. <laughs> so that is meant to be Philadelphia. Ah. So I'm like, actually, I do think it is a Philadelphia. Again, another city I've never been to. I've been to Philadelphia. Have you? Yeah. When did you go there? I've seen the Liberty Bell. What? <laughs> yeah, I've been to Philly. I've had a Philly cheesesteak in Philadelphia. In Fi- and also a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> Yummy. Yep. Fatty. Fatty. Glasgow. Glasgow. Yep. Okay, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I went to Philadelphia when I was 18. Oh, and that, and that trip that you occasionally refer to. <laughs> yeah, I was in Philadelphia. Like I said, I saw the Liberty Bell. I saw, you know, uh, I, I think I went to a department store. <laughs> I don't really remember. the time I went to Botswana in Africa. Oh my God, please. Anyway, that decides it. <laughs> the US equivalent of Glasgow is Philadelphia. You're welcome. Okay, we are back. I've just waxed lyrical about Glasgow. Glasgow! So we now need our American topic. It's a surprise today. I have no idea what it is. I know you've done extensive research (laughs) on this American topic, Fraser. What is it? So um, this topic actually comes as a suggestion from podcast nemesis Michael. Well, you know he's just trying to derail us. Well, so if, if this is terrible, we've got him to blame. Okay, cool. He suggested that I have a little look into the kind of US tradition and strange thing that we're not used to, which is known as summer camp or sleepaway camp. Oh. Seeing as it's the summer, it's that time to go to the summer camp. The kids are coming back. So I got to thinking, that got my little noggin turning, mm. and I thought, summer camps. 
Now, much like a lot of things that we talk about in the American side of this podcast, it's all based in movies and television. Oh, sure. <laughs> so I'm going to give you the boring, a bit of boring backstory on summer camps, and there's some problematic oh, elements of it. Okay, so just the, the, the overall thing is a summer camp or sleepaway camp is a supervised program for children or teenagers conducted during the summer months. The traditional view of a summer camp is a woody place with hiking, canoeing, and campfires. Um, although that thing is kind of changing these days, but we're looking at kind of the traditional part of it. The In the United States, girls' kind of summer camps were the first thing in the 1900s, okay. um, mainly based in New England. And then here is the real, real tricky part of it. Basically, it says... Um, there was outdoor activities such as canoeing, archery, and hiking. And then there'd be kind of indoor things that you would do, which is like crafting, amateur dramatics, fire making, which is quite, uh, quite troublesome. Here's where we start to really go down some difficult territory. Uh-huh. Campers slept in wigwams, uh-oh, tents or open dormitories. Fine, fine, fine. Um, and then it says, this is where we get into real, real dicey uh-huh. waters. Mimicking Native American traditions such as council fires and storytelling generated a sense of community and inspired campers to become conscientious members of a group. Mm. Typically, girl campers wore their hair in a version of native style. Uh-oh. Oh, yikes. Uniforms were standard in most camps, but braided hair and headbands were common attire for campers. Yikes. For camp ceremonies and pageants, girls were dressed in special native-inspired dresses fucking hell and then it just says in this era camps were considered to be a natural pathway for young girls to develop healthy bodies self-assurance and a sense of community and also a sense of the culture that had been destroyed beforehand i've I gotta jump in with two reference points straight away adam's family values very important <laughs> and also yep i'm gonna i'm gonna paint the scene for you it's like it's 1999 and it's the summer holidays in the uk yeah okay Seven till nine on Channel Four. You might watch the Big Breakfast. Yep. After nine, what come what comes on TV? It's the Bigger Breakfast. Yeah. Do you know what's in the Bigger Breakfast? Bug Juice. Bug Juice was. I I used to watch Bug Juice. Oh my god, Bug Juice. So Bug Juice was a reality show, wasn't it? It was. It was, and it was very all, early. Very early filmed at uh, summer camps. Yeah. I was obsessed with Bug Juice. Me too. I was so jealous of those children. I wanted to be American so badly. I wanted to be American. I wanted to go to camp. It was all like the camp dramas. Mm. There was, I, yeah. So actually, now that you've mentioned that, I just want us to talk. So that's kind of just the vague overview. But have you ever been on a summer camp okay. as as a? Because I know that you know Gosh. You're, you're a Scottish, so your life was different and very privileged. So who knew what you did in your summers? Yeah. Did you ever go on a summer camp? Yes and no. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I watched Bug Juice in 1998, got obsessed with it. So I started Googling summer camps in the States. I was desperate. You were using Google in 1998? Yeah, but, well, in 1999, because I got, the, I got the first iMac. <laughs> Do you remember that iMac? <laughs> the first one ever made. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I was like, Steve. Steve, Steve Wozniak's actual Mac. You exactly. Had, right? And he changed the plug to like a UK <laughs> plug and sent it my way. So I had one of the original iMacs and I got on the internet and I was just searching for summer camps yeah. I was desperate to go and I remember like printing out the thing and saying to my dad can I go and he was like wait a minute how much is it and it was like it was thousands of dollars it's like <laughs> you're not going to that so I didn't get to go to summer camp in the states now summer oh, in the states in the states I, I really thought you were googling go. places to go in the in Scotland no, that's, in the very, states. that's very funny of you I love that you printed it out like I a formal like a formal proposal but oh, because I had a really funky printer that was the same colors as my iMac <laughs> You like that green and white and it would print out really slowly and it was color and it used so much ink that whenever you printed something out it was, it was really floppy. floppy yes i remember if you printed out really dense colored pictures exactly. you were like you had like a wet piece of paper in your hand mm-hmm. so <laughs> didn't go to summer camp in the states now in the uk i think the main difference in terms of the success of a summer camp situation yeah. doesn't really happen in the uk because the weather yes but well, I think there's, I think it's weather, and I think that we also don't have. We do have some. We have, we have like a lot of woodland yeah. in the UK. Like we definitely do. But I think that. Well, you've been to Central Park. I've been you to, know. I've been to Central Parks. I'm from Norfolk, of course. I yeah. know. I know my woods. Yeah. But I also feel like in America, there's just like I think people will travel further to do stuff as well, won't they? Whereas in the UK, people don't want to travel as far to do stuff. So I feel like if you just didn't have woods near you, there just wouldn't be a summer camp. Whereas people in America yeah. are willing to like fly and bus their children like to the actual woods to totally. get them out of their hair. 
And it was, and it, it sounds like they were in the, the states. They're like proper residential things. You go for yes, like six weeks. Precisely, they're much longer, and you like stay there in cabins, and it's a it's a thing. You literally get rid of your children for the entire summer. Sounds so, dreamy. At the beginning of every summer, what I would do is, yep. I'd get a lovely notepad that I'd purchased from Paper Chase. <laughs> I'd get a ruler, and I would just draw grids, and I'd plan all my weeks. My okay, what a, what a sociopath child okay. you were. Go on. And so in those weeks. There would be art camp. Yeah. There would be drama camp. And when I was younger, there was tennis camp, but I hated tennis. But it was never proper camp. You never stayed away. Yeah. So, for example, art camp, I went to I went to a Glasgow School of Art. I don't know if you've heard of it. I actually haven't. Okay, it's really fucking famous. It's also burned down twice, famously, Ooh. despite the rain. And I would, you would go there, and I'd do art classes every day, but I wouldn't stay over. And then I did drama camp where we would go to the like the theatre in Glasgow, and you're there for two weeks, and we did, like... West Side Story and at the end yep. of the two weeks you performed it or we did Fame one year and we performed it who did you play in uh, West Side Story in West Side Story I played Your Shark or a Jet I do you know what I can't remember but the next year it was Fame and I played Shlomo and uh, <laughs> I had a solo and it was very exciting yeah it was really good but that was just part so yeah so I've never done like a stay away camp for a while I got really excited because there were some oh my god PGL do you PGL camps? No. Oh my gosh. I don't think we had them in Norfolk. PGL camps. So they were like summer camps. But I never did it. PGL. And everyone always just said the acronym, acronym was Parents Get Lost. <laughs> what so did it actually stand for? I can't remember. But there were PGL <laughs> camps. But I didn't do it. But then there was also like a Christian camp. And I got really, I thought, oh, it's going to be like summer camp. And I wanted to get my friend to go to it. But he was like, I'm not going to go to a Christian camp. And I was like, oh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> So, yeah, no camping for me. I do love the idea that you tried to force your friend to go to Christian summer camp and they yeah. wouldn't go with I you. I tried to force my dad <laughs> to pay thousands of pounds for me to go to camp in the States. And I tried to force my friend to go to Christian summer camp. <laughs> Neither worked. Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I had a similar thing where I, you and I are very different personalities. So not at any point did I draw a grid and a book to work out what I was going to do. I just mm. kind of sloppily, I feel like my mum was just driving in a messy car and I was just like dumped in different locations wearing probably the wrong clothes and being like, ooh. Um, but yeah, we, we d- I definitely used to do summer activities, mm. but it was never called camp. Yeah. So I did, I did like a, actually, I think I was part of something called athletics camp, which is very funny to me right now because... You know, even though I am a fit person, I certainly am not athletic. And I used to do, like, I honestly remember learning how to do, like, the high jump and pole vaulting and, like, a steeplechase, which I find very funny, the thought uh, of me wait, doing that. Wait, 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 wait. Pause a sec. A steeplechase? Yeah, remember steeplechase? No. Steeplechase is the one where there's water on the other side of the... You have to climb over a... Um, you have to jump over, like, a hurdle and there's water on the other side. I have no idea what like, you're talking about. I feel like you're gaslighting me into thinking I'm making up steeplechase. Steeplechase, I just think of... Isn't, like, a steeple part of a Church? It is. The steeplechase is an obstacle race in athletics, which drives its name from the steeplechase in horse racing. Oh, it's actually no, it's it's more of a junior athletic it's more of a junior athletics thing. Um, it's it's yeah, it's a jump over water. It's a jump over barrier with water on the other side. Got it. Very strange. Wait, were you so were you good at those things in well, your in your youth? Well, I was very very short because, as you know, famously, I didn't go through puberty until I was eighteen. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, I literally went through puberty at the age of eighteen. Okay. So I was like very very short, very very short, and um and kind of rotund because all of my body weight was still mm. squashed down. So I was not good at things like steeplechase or um, hurdles because I was so short. Yeah. But I was very, very fast. My, oh. Those little legs really took me. <laughs> so I was really good at the sprints. So okay. I used to be good at like 100 meter sprint and, you know, and those kind of things. And I was also quite good at, I was quite strong. So I was quite good at like the real, like the butch things like shot put and like discus and javelin and stuff like that. Mm. So I, I feel like right now, my body size and my body structure would really suit me well to do the kind of the things like discus and shot put and javelin, don't you think? I could see you doing that. I'm definitely not, I'm definitely not like a slight runner anymore. I'm like a big hefty person that could throw things. I could see you like hurling around a shot putt and like your face when you do yeah. it as well. In fact, remember when you and I did the Spartan race together and I, uh, and I did, I, it was the, there was that thing that was like the world's strongest man. Remember you had to pick up that big giant concrete ball from oh, the yeah, ground I do and that. you were like I'm not doing it no 
because your strengths lie in your little mountain goat legs. You exactly. were you were running. You literally scaled that mountain while my big fat oaf self was like crawling up like a troll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Upper like a body, mountain ogre. Up, upper body, not strong. But together, <laughs> yeah. If we fused, team. We fused our talents together. So wait a minute. If you went on my shoulders, yes, exactly. That's what it would be. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'd be like a hot weird reverse monster. The yeah. big the big person on top. Mm-hmm. But these these leggies underneath. So yeah, so yes, I used I did athletics camp, and then I also used to do a thing called Drama Week, which I love the idea that it's just a week of drama. <laughs> we didn't put on a production. There was just we were just like, oh my god, you never guess what like Cheryl said about you. What a bitch. Someone, drama Week. Someone just came in and stirred up. Shit. Yeah, just like, every day it was a new person. Yeah, exactly. Wait, but wait, none of these situations you stayed over. No, no overnighting. Yeah. But drama. We had Drama Week, which is a local amateur dramatics group I was a part of, and that was a week where we would put on rehearse stage and put on a play in just in a week and they were really ambitious musicals and I'm not quite sure why we just did them in a week but it was drama week and let me tell you something drama happened in drama week we had relationships we had breakups we had fights we had friendships formed we had friendships falling apart we had musical numbers we had mostly homosexuals pretending they were straight we had you know girls who weren't getting attention from boys in real life becoming stars I tell you all that shit happened in drama week. Well, it, it sounds exactly like my, my drama camp as well. Oh. I mean, that second year where I got cast in fame, they did it like you were professionals. Yeah. So you all auditioned. Wow. And then they, you sat in the auditorium and then the, like, the, the organizers stood up on stage and one by one they would be like, the role of Carmen goes to <gasps> blah, blah, blah. And everyone applauded and that person went up on stage. Oh, my God. So imagine. The thrill of uh-huh. getting, oh, well. And then, and then also, you were just talking about relationships. Yeah. The end of my two weeks leading up to that performance of fame, I'm yep. going to live forever. I, I, I formed a bond with a girl. Oh. And I didn't quite know... I would say she was the last girl that I thought I could be attracted to. Okay. And what happened was... Uh, we finished the show applause 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 the curtain came down we looked at each other and we just snogged our faces <gasps> off and then the curtain went back up and we're like oh oh like in love actually is that like in love happens actually? to martin mccutcheon and hugh grant they kiss backstage and then the curtain comes up and everyone applauds them just like that gorgeous i know well, i had a i had a kind of a, a similar situation with a romance where i was in one of the drama weeks we put on bugsy malone perfect now as you well know, I'm from a place where everyone's white and I'm not. Uh-huh. So what role did I get cast as in Bugsy Malone? That's correct. The black caretaker Fizzy. <laughs> now, the reason I was happy for my racial typecasting is because Fizzy had a solo. <gasps> so I had a full solo song and the romance started with me and this girl whose name I've forgotten um, because uh, this, it was a ballad. So it was quite like to stage it was kind of boring. It was basically me pushing a broom around and singing tomorrow tomorrow never comes what kind of a fool do they take me for now in the film i believe that fizzy sings this and does some tap dancing i think clearly a consensus was taken that i wasn't able to coordinate singing the song pushing a broom and tap dancing because i was quite young mm. so this girl got i think there was a girl at drama week who could actually tap dance Lovely. so basically almost like a dreamlike moment. She came out and tap danced behind me while I swept the stage and sung my solo. And her and I formed a real bonding connection where people were saying that we were boyfriend and girlfriend. I think we were just bezies. Oh, I also love the idea of you singing that slow emotional song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I feel like she did almost like an interpretive dance. It was like a slow tap with just, there was a lot of like faux Charleston moves that happened in our production of Bugsy Malone. But Have I ever told you about the tap dancer at my university? <laughs> no, you haven't. So her name is Carrie. And she she was a tap dancer, but she had nowhere to rehearse. And in her like halls of residence, I was like, "Oh, Carrie, don't tap no more." <laughs> so she would go to the, like the laundry room, right? And the laundry room, weirdly, it had if you're inside, it had that mirrored glass. <laughs> where inside it was a mirror, but if you're on the outside, you could look in. So whenever you walk past the laundry room, there was just Carrie tapping away, just facing out, but she couldn't see you. <laughs> Just to bring it back to that production of Bugsy Malone, my favourite detail of our one and only performance we did. I think it built up to like maybe two performances actually. And what was it? Wait, what stage or what theatre was it at? Oh, it was in a village hall. Oh, okay. So you weren't at like the the King's Theatre in Glasgow. Okay, noted. 
So my friend Millie was cast as the lead Blousey okay. opposite Bugsy. So she got the big part. <gasps> Basically, just before her big solo, there was a moment where she comes in to do an audition and in the play she does an audition and that's her solo. So she had to hand the piano player her music and it was re- she was really handing this guy Chris her music for him to play the song. And unfortunately, oh no. unfortunately, she fell off the stage while she did that. And <laughs> under, at the, the problem, what we've done is we've done some really fun staging. So at the um, at the front of the stage were some tables and chairs because it was the speakeasy, and there was some you know minor cast members sitting at those tables drinking lemonade with food coloring in it, oh. which we pretended was sarsaparilla. <laughs> And unfortunately, Millie fell from the stage onto those tables and splashed all the sarsaparilla everywhere. <laughs> and the best part is, is that her dad in, was in the audience, Ken. Shout out to Ken. And Ken had been asleep up until that moment. And the moment he woke up to see his daughter solo was her, the sound of her crashing into the tables of the sarsaparilla. <laughs> Did she recover? Let me tell you something, Ben. Millie fell to the ground, knocked that sarsaparilla everywhere. She stood right up, walked up the steps of the stage and did the solo performance that oh. she was meant to do. She, she that is, is a fucking professional. She is a pro. She is a pro. That's that's truly, she still says to this day, she doesn't know how, like, she had a strength as a child that she does not have as an adult. She doesn't know how she did it. But do you don't think, like, as kids and then teenagers, maybe early 20s, there is just that blind confidence. Completely, completely. But so, I mean, we've really diverted down a path of just, just theatre and Bugsy Malone, but... Oh, what a time. Oh. So that was that was my summer activity. Now, I'm going to just tell you about a traumatic week that I endured, which felt like summer camp okay. because it did involve staying away. Okay. So at my high school, translation, secondary school, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. so from 11 to 16, we did a thing at my school, and it was the final week of term. So basically, just before you left for the summer holidays, the final week, instead of it being school, it was called activities week. Yes. Now... Even just saying the word activities week, my stomach begins to churn with anxiety and I feel like I want to die. Because basically in the run up to activities week, it was a big deal. You'd have to pick what activity you were going to do for activities week. So what are the options? So the options were very varied. So it was like, and the thing is, is your parents had to pay for the activities. So there was also a a whole layer to it that I didn't realize at the time. So some people would be like, I'm going to go skiing in activities week. So the, the school would take a group of people skiing in like France or there was activities week where it was like I love nature so I'm going to do like the nature activities week which was like you would go to like the Norfolk Broads where I lived and like look at butterflies I guess okay I I found activities week incredibly stressful because I didn't want to because I hated school and I was very uncomfortable in myself and I didn't want to spend any more time with people I don't know what happened I don't remember what I did for any other activities week there's just one that stuck in my head where I decided to go to a little town in Cornwall called Bude so let me tell you about this horrendous week that I spent in Butte. So, wait, wait, just before you tell me, okay. it was also, did you have to like sync up with your friends? That was the thing is you had to make sure you were aligned. You had to find out what your friends wanted to do. Yeah. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of talking on the phone to friends that was comparing activities weeks. And then obviously, like I said, that kind of hidden layer that I didn't realize about where yeah. I'd be like, oh, my friend James is going skiing. Why can't I do that? And my parents were like, oh, I can't really afford to send you to do that. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Okay, so... I decided I'm going to go to do activities week in Bude in Cornwall. Which sounds lovely. Which sounds fun. It was lovely. like we would all stay in this big like dormitory and then we would do things like, you know, hiking and like climbing and all this stuff. I don't know what happened. I think that, I think there was just like, it, it was the week where like my, my difference from the other children Uh-oh. really showed. So especially because you got divided up into boys and girls oh, dormitories. That was so, always the worst. Yeah. So I think if I'd, if I'd been allowed to stay in the girls dormitory and hang out with my friends, this would have been a different week. But there's just a few details burnt into my brain yep. in the place you know, where trauma stays. And yep. it's basically us all sleeping in a room in bunk beds and people saying horrible things to me. I remember that. Oh, I don't remember no. the specifics. I remember there was like a jovial kind of almost like the camp counselor you'd have in America who was like in charge of the activities. And I remember there was a thing about how if you had asthma and an inhaler, you always had to bring your inhaler with you. And I remember it was a really long walk to get to this activity we were doing and I forgot my inhaler and I remember the man shouting at me and everyone laughing. And the irony is I had to run to get my inhaler. Hello, what's going to give me an asthma attack? Running. Wait, wait, do you still use an inhaler? No, 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 I grew out of it. It's because I was unfit. Okay, got it. Yeah, I think it got confused because it's because I was unfit despite the athletics camps. It's because I told you I was like four foot one and like a hundred stone. So it was, there was a lot going on. Anyway. The final nail in the coffin is going to be a little story that's going to sound a little familiar to you as my friend, even as a 37-year-old. Okay. There was a lot of... I do remember that we had to do a lot of activities where I wasn't able to have access to go to the toilet. So there was a lot of talk of, like, has everyone gone to the toilet because we're going to be gone for, like, a couple of hours. 
So there was a time where I think I had gone to the toilet and I was a little nervous about what we were doing. So I needed to go again. And I remember I had to say, I need to go to the toilet. And then this guy shouted at me in front of everyone, which is really good if you're feeling bad about something and conscious of it. And he's like, I can't believe you need to go again. Go on, go back in. And then I went and I think I was so scared and so like rushed that I kind of did, I kind of like had a big wee patch on my shorts because I'd like rushed and I had a big wee patch and I came back and this guy who in my head was like 50 and I'm now thinking was maybe 17, probably 18, uh, pointed out my wee, my wee stain on my shorts and everyone laughed at me. Was he what, like an organizer? Yeah, he was leader? like, he was like some like camp leader person. Ugh. Yeah, and everyone laughed at my wee patch on my shorts and uh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, but you know the trick to do for future if you get like a, a wee patch anywhere, you then just wash your hands and you dry your hands on your shorts yes. or your, your, your trousers. Oh, I was, I was, I wasn't so smart. I was okay. just, I was naively thinking, he's humiliated me once already. Surely he's not going to point something else out. He did. What's interesting about that story in general is you, you haven't mentioned one single activity <laughs> you did. You've mentioned, you've mentioned the accommodation, you've mentioned humiliation, and you've mentioned the toilet situation. In my asthma pub. Yeah. Exactly. I'm so, sorry, babes. Hey, listen, it's, it's not like I still remember any of the details about it and they're bringing it up now at the age of 37. So, yeah, I, I, I do feel like you in the sense that I, I had a romanticized view of a summer camp. Yeah. But then now I'm talking about that, that, um, that week in Bude and Cornwall that traumatized me for the rest of my life. I do worry that if I had gone to summer camp, it would have basically been like that. No. Because I don't think I would have been able to hang out. I would have been able to hang out with the girls, but I wouldn't have been able to, like, stay with them. And I think I still would have been bullied. But you know that we would have, as as young gays, we would have ended up going to, like... Drama camp. A drama camp, yeah. yeah. And everyone would have been fine with everything there. You're, you're so true. You're, you're so right, actually. I think it, things would have been very, very different if I'd got to go to a US drama camp. Yeah. That would have been, like, the making of me. Ugh. I would have done a solo in the in the in the in the show. So there's what do you think of in your head when you think of American summer camp, like traditions that we didn't have in our weird summers that we had in the UK? Oh, I, I just lots of like running over canoes on the lake and <laughs> So they do a lot of they do a lot of weird things. I was looking into some of the like traditional things you do at camp. There's obviously campfire, there's like s'mores and all that shit that they love in this country I hate s'mores s'mores are fine there's too much marshmallow for me yeah cut the marshmallow out i just want like chocolate and the biscuit that sounds nice anyway so one of the things they do is they have a lot of like there's something called which again we're really getting into some dicey territory here yeah. it's called a color war now uh now uh, <laughs> now before you freak out uh, the colors are usually like one team's blue and one team's red but they have these big kind of almost like military style kind of things where the camp gets divided into two two parties and it's like capture the flag i think they do and okay no the cut co the color war is it is it like that that race that people do in london no, not, with all the no, guys? no it's not that it's not like the, the holly festival okay, it's, got it. it's um it's i think it's just it's basically like a two teams and i think you have to like capture members of the other the other side and there's there's like base camps i'm not really sure i'm actually going to need american any american listeners that went to camp to tell us a little bit about what that was yeah because i don't understand and then i think there's more i think there's more things that go specifically with specific camps so if you did go to theater camp there was this or if you went to like jewish camp then there was that christian camp but unfortunately when you start looking up all the summer camps one of the ones that i think is really harsh is like the the they called them fat camps at the time but like the weight loss camps that's really like a dark oh. thing to do to a child i really don't like that that's that's nasty now obviously there are a lot of movies set in summer camps so yes. we have um, Adam's Family Values, obviously, where they, the great Thanksgiving scene. There are, obviously, Friday the 13th all takes place at summer camps, and that's Jason killing all of the camp counsellors. You don't, you don't like Friday the 13th movies, oh, no, do I you? Oh, do, I do. Okay. Yep. They're really good. Yeah. Did you like the, um, the remake in, like, the 2000s? I think it was, like, a Michael Bay, like, remake, and it's... There's a lot of elements that are completely terrible, but there's actually some really fun elements. I, I think you should watch that. This is just us having a conversation about movies now, but I try. I think it's like 2009 or something, okay. or 2010. I, I'm, I'm kind sure of fun. I, I'm sure, I must have seen it, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's so kind of it. it's kind of fun. It has like some fun twists and turns. So I think that's just a just a movie wreck for you. And then there's also I feel like there's a really big movie, but we're too old for it, which is Camp Rock, starring Demi Lovato and the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. I'm just going to read you the description of Camp Rock because I think it's very funny. At a music camp for gifted teens, a popular teen idol overhears a girl singing and sets out to find out who the talented voice belongs to. What he doesn't know is the girl is actually a camp kitchen worker with a fear of being heard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but now I want to watch Camp Rock. That, 
I feel like if we'd been of the right age, that would have been prime. Us. Oh yeah. What about? Do you remember the movie? The movie Camp Nowhere that Christopher Lloyd was in. Oh yes. I liked that as a kid. Ooh. Um, I don't want to divert us back to Camp Rock, but okay. even though I haven't seen the film, I did look at the uh, IMDb trivia, and one of them, I don't know who they are, but I love this piece of trivia. It simply just says, Peggy wore a total of 14 headbands in the movie. <laughs> I don't have too much more to say about summer camp. If anything, really just talked about traumatic events from my childhood, but, you know, that's what this podcast is for. So uh, I actually had a... From podcast Nemesis Michael, this topic was suggested, and he also offered me up what he believes to be the UK equivalent. So let's let's hear it and discuss it, and you tell me what you think. I've got a thought as well. He thinks that the UK equivalent is boarding school. Because he said that it's like, basically, Americans would be, like, disgusted at the thought of sending their children away for, for boarding school to, like, live in a different place. But what they are happy to do is get rid of their children for the entire summer for, like, two months and never speak to them. Okay, that's pretty good. I was going to go with a topic that I, I just bring up a lot, and that's the Duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> the Duke of Edinburgh camping trips. The, yeah. that Well, that's... Yeah. It's, it's really tricky because I think that there's so many different... Like, because, as we've said, in our UK summer holidays, it's really more of, like, a kind of a, a grab bag of different things that you kind of just have... To, your family just has to plan and drive you to constantly. So it's kind of... There's almost nothing we can compare it to. What about a kid's or teenage club at a, a hotel in Spain? <laughs> well, funny you say that. I, I was thinking the only thing that we have close to it, genuinely, you're correct, is, yeah, when we go... You know, lots of British tourists go on, go on vacation to Spain. And if you stay in a hotel or resort, that's what they call kids club. <laughs> and that really is a way to truly offload your children for days and days at a time. And they get, you just do shit activities like archery and all that kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe the, the UK equivalent of summer camp is kids camp at a hotel all-inclusive resort in Spain. Lovely. You're welcome. Gracias. So that is us. Yeah. Well, we're not going to do Welcome or Not Welcome this week because that was a bumper episode. Yeah, that was Percy Pigs and Childhood Trauma. That would be the subtitle of this episode. Bugsy Malona, (laughs) go-go. So thank you so much for listening as ever. Please get in touch on our Instagram or email on our Twitter. As we said before, the Pussycat Dolls spin-off show, Your Welcome America Presents, is up and running every week. Do enjoy that. Please please join me with wearing your latest Baker Boy hat and waist belt for that Mm. one, please. So as they might say in Glasgow, right, that's you. That's how they just end things. And uh, just <laughs> that's wanna... you. Right, that's you. <laughs> and I just want to say thank you and you're welcome. Bye. You are right up Main Street. Oh, you can't make me choose. I go and buy Toyota. Sponsors T4. Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13. My <laughs> I remember we couldn't remember the word for table.